All right, everybody, it's time for part three of the National Road Music Series, brought to you by Joiner Homes and Domino's Pizza. Hey, tonight we have an awesome, awesome show. Mikey Good and friends take the stage, full band on the stage at H.J. Ricks Center for the Arts in Greenfield, Indiana. This is an epic program. Please, please, please stick around. We're going to be back after the little uh, introduction to see Mikey Good in an interview backstage right here on Moonshine and Music. <laughs> you want to hear what a manatee sounds like? Thing where I sing better if I am barefoot. And I, I, I don't have socks on right now. Everyone knows my name. They can read it on my sleeve. Oh. <laughs> Played a banjo badly. Feel the heat. From the fire that's been burning in your heart. Like, I love the old vintage stuff. Somehow the 60s and 19 days, they woke up in the dark. We had to bury that stupid llama, and it took us forever. How to make music happen, how, it, how to make it pretty, how to make it dissonant. And I learned how to sing through them. Don't have babies with crazy people cause they never go away. And then you could take like six pennies and tape them to the <laughs> arm and it would ride over the wave. <laughs> trying to do any publishers so it's it's worth doing if anything it, i'm learning so much just about the craft of songwriting you know it's more than just writing a poem there's a science to it there's a way to be even more scientific about it there's psychology behind it there's that you add i guess good songwriting is adding psychology with rhythm and melody to manipulate somebody else's emotion that's the i guess that would be my scientific breakdown of what songwriting is and I'm meeting people that are like have written I've got a book from one of the guys that I ended up I got to write a song with and he was like one of my favorite authors and to read this book and watch how they scientifically have bro broken down songs why they work why the melody works why you come back to this song and it's catchy what makes the song catchy and it's simple stuff but then if you can find that formula and mix it in with a good poem it's a, you know, it's a great, and it, or even a crappy poem, you know, and I always go back to like honky tonk, badonkadonk. I got so mad when that song came out because that's when I first started songwriting and I sent a song to them and in Nashville and they're like, yeah, it's really good, but this isn't what Nashville's looking for right now. It was like a heartfelt pour your, pour your guts out and it was an early song. And then the next week, honky tonk, badonkadonk goes number one. I'm mad. I'm like, that's crap. And I walked away from country music. Come to find out the two guys that wrote that song. Jamie Johnson and Randy Hauser, who are two huge known songwriters. Jamie Johnson's written for George Strait. The song Give It Away was Dude, Jamie Johnson. Jamie Johnson's best song is in color. Oh, 
Oh, absolutely. That's what everybody's got their song that they know. You know, like Garf is always going to be Friends in Low Places. Now, the dance, he's got a lot. He didn't write Friends in Low Places. No, but he sang the hell out of it. He did, yes. But uh, the dance is another one. The dance, I think Tony the Arana. dance circulated for th- either yeah. three or five years in Nashville. Nobody picked it up. Garth heard it at Bluebird and went, I want that. And yeah. then you saw what happened. But those are good. Those are good instances of like well-written songs. Jamie Johnson's "In Color" is one of the best-written songs because you see the movie as he's singing it. <laughs> it plays a perfect story where you. It does I love that song? I've I've played it in my set since 2012. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's people and and, I mean, and it's kind of like to me that's a staple song, kind of like Copperhead Road. You know, it's because everybody knows it. And when you do Copperhead Road, you can pick out the rednecks in the road because they're the ones, you know, banging and stomping. Well, their feet and I stuff. mean, Friends in Low Places saved my life in Amarillo, Texas. So. Oh, that's yeah. like that's like singing the national anthem of DC. Yeah, it's <laughs> if you play Friends in Low Places anywhere in Texas. Well, I mean, they were about ready to kill me because I was late to the show, and you know, the guy introduced me. Here's this Yankee boy from Indianapolis. I hope you like him. And walked away. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and I was like, all right, not playing one of my songs first. I can tell you that oh, right yeah. now. <laughs> Sometimes it's good to get to get a hold of the crowd first. And then go, by the way, I'm a songwriter too. I don't just I'm not just a jukebox. You know, how's it feel to be here with the first National Road Music Series? Show? Honored. Honored, that's the best way I can put it. I'm honored that you asked me to. Made me feel good. <laughs> Everybody's got a got an inner child in them. You know that that everybody's got that. I've been learning a lot about that, and uh, my inner child like jumped, like, "Yay, Joe wants me to play a show for you." You know, <laughs> so very honored. We're excited. Um, I've got a pretty new band. Um, I've, I've had Tyler for years, um, and I just picked up Della as my drummer, and Mike is a, is one of my guitar players, and they just slid right into the, to the music, and. To, to come out here and do this and this is actually the the opening night of our like band this is our band debut and oh. uh, so thanks for being the guinea pig for us on that um, <laughs> well we're but, gonna see how everybody likes it on the show now yeah that's you know I hope y'all like it <laughs> um, but it, it's just an honor anytime that I get asked to play solo or if I get to play a show or if I get pulled down to Nashville every once in a while for like a like a writer's run or whatever somebody calls you and asks you to be a part of the kickball team it feels pretty good Especially when the kickball team's really good, and I've got a really good kickball team in the other room, so yeah, I'm pretty proud, very proud. Well, I'm glad to have you here. Um, you, I, I, you know, you were on the show before COVID, mm-hmm. and we haven't um, done a lot of shows during COVID and right. after. In fact, we took a year break. This is going to be kind of the beginning of new ones. Right. <laughs> um, so, how did the songs go in that period for you? What did you, what do, what do you feel about it that like, how has music changed bef- between before and now? Mm-hmm. Before COVID, uh, it was a hobby. It was a hobby that made a little bit of money. And I was like right on the start of, you know, getting ready to do some really big things. And then COVID hits and the world shuts down. And I was pretty much like 90% of the population of the earth. I sat at home and drank. And I was I, I lasted about two weeks of that, and I'm like, I'm going crazy. You know, I couldn't go anywhere. I was run to the store, put a mask on, don't touch anybody, don't see anything, go back home, you know, and and be. Now, I'm fortunate because my wife is somebody I could be, I'm around her 24-7, so it was just another day back home, and I can be around my kid 24-7. It's just another day back home. But every once in a while, it's like, you know, I think I'm going to go somewhere, and I couldn't. So it was sit down and write and try to find some way to not go crazy. 
And Della, um, my drummer and, and backup singer, um, she was a part of another band called Indianis at the time. And I had just met her not too long before. And I'd grown up with her wife, so I knew her via her wife, Greta, who's amazing. And but I knew she was in this band, and I got to see them one night. It was I think it was in nineteen. It was like right before, like the fall before everything really messed everything up. And so here we are in March. I played my last show March fifteenth with Austin James down at Ralph and Avis, the old Ralph and Avis. And then the world shuts down. And then once I found out that I wasn't going to die because I'd been around a lot of people that night, um, I got bored. <laughs> I waited two weeks before I do anything, you know. And then I got bored, and I I hit up uh, Della, and I'm like, I got a weird idea. But it's going to keep me from going stir crazy if you guys want to be part of it. I'm going to do it anyway, but I think I could make something really cool with you guys. They're like, what do you need? I'm like, let's pick a song. And I'm going to send you me playing the song as it would be on a video. And then you're going to play bass. You're going to sing. You're going to play drums. You just play your part and have my audio in your ears and film you on your phone playing that part. Send me the video back. And then I was able to splice it all together, and it was a music video of us playing together separately. Um, and that same year, I was trying to do an album. And I booked, at the time, I think I had like 15, 10 or 15 shows I had booked all summer long. To me, that was a lot of shows starting out. And it was just enough money, I'd done the math. If I played every single show, and maybe picked up a couple more, plus the tip bucket, which people are very good about, you know, at a, at a Mikey Gooch show, they're really good about filling that bucket up. Thank you. My kid thanks you too. So does my wife. Let's hope it's a big bucket and not. It's. Like, uh, I never ask you the size of the bucket. When you I, say you filled up the bucket with tips, got a big. Thank goodness for that, right? And they, the audience at shows, <laughs> they tend to, they tend to do, they they take really good care of me. But when you're not playing shows and doing it online, then it's like, will people Venmo? Will people PayPal? Will they? So I tried it out and I did one show, and it went pretty well. I played for like three hours, had no idea what I was doing other than playing. Mm -hmm. And then I started, I went to school during the week of how can I make this bigger? How can I make this better? So I got the software where I could do split screens and do green screen behind me and then transition to video clips if I needed to take a break or if I made some new video, some stupid goofy video that I was doing on the side, I'd play that for a two minute video so I could run to the bathroom real quick and then come back and play for another hour. Like you do, you know, in an intermission for 15 minutes, you'll kick on Spotify and your speakers and then work the room or go to the bathroom and get a drink. That's what I do. Only be some stupid skit of me eating the hot pepper or, you know, things like that. And we, once I got that show, money came in. Like I, you know, money came in real serious Venmo money was coming in. And one of them, I actually, I, I cried. I, I, I felt so loved and accepted that I was doing the right thing because one night I got on there and I'm like, just so y'all know, you know, I'm doing this because I'm bored and I'm crazy and, I, and I, I'm dying because I just want to love on people. And the way I love on people is through music. And I said, I'm also trying to do an album. And you guys have been great every single week. You know, you know, thank you for the tip bucket. If you don't know how to do the tip bucket. And I have my wife in the other room and she's running behind and putting in the chats on, you know, on YouTube and Facebook and everywhere. I'm multicasting this saying, you know, here's how you donate for the album, and this is what you get if you donate so much. And I'm like, there's no way anybody's going to pay $100 to me to get a hat. Right before I started doing the shows, I sold six hats. I just made the announcement, I'm going to start selling hats. And boom, 600 bucks, just like that. People coming like, we believe in your music, we believe in what you're doing, and thank you for keeping us sane too, because you're giving us entertainment at night from people that we know. And there was one night that I woke up the next day, and that's when, you know, I, I, I check on Venmo to see, because some people would watch it later and pay or whatever. 
and I woke up to like $650 in digital tips off of one show and I bawled. Like I, mean, I couldn't thank people enough. The people that I saw that, you know, that, that spent that kind of money, of course I'm reaching out to them personally, I'm like, you don't know what this means to me. And then going to everybody else saying every dollar that you put in is not, it's not that I couldn't do this myself, but you know, when you have, when you have your audience pitch in, they become a part of it and they become a soundboard. And so their payment to me was to make better music. My payment to them was to give them the very best that I could. And that whole time I was doing that, we're starting to record the Redneck Rockstar album. And what they didn't, a lot of them didn't know was my mom was dying at the same time. So I was pouring into them, letting them know that they're not alone. And we all want to be entertained. We all want to be loved on. We all want to hang out again. And the whole time that was going on, I was slowly dying inside because my mom was dying of cancer. And I finally, I shut the shows off, I think in like mid to late April because mom was like, I've got six months left. And it turned out it was six weeks. That's all she had left. So I shut off the shows and, you know, spent time with my mom until, you know, the last day. And uh, a month later, you know, I'm a mess because I lost my mom. I just lost my dad two years prior. I was lost. I lost my pillars, you know, and other things that happened. So I, I could, there was nobody on my family that I could really rely on. Um, so I leaned heavily on my, my wife and kid, of course, and then opportunities started opening up for outdoor shows, you know, as they started to navigate, you know, if we're outside, it's not so bad. And so if you stay away from each other and do outdoor shows, or if you meet outdoors, it's a lot safer. Of course, businesses were clamoring to do something because they're all losing money. And those that didn't do like door food and stuff like that, they were <laughs> screwed. And so I go to Reverie, I ask the guy, I'm like, I need a job. You know, I want to play music for you if you'll have me. They're like, we need music. I went out there and I played one night, and the manager comes up to me right after the second set, which is usually where it's the, that's the set where you already know me, we're going to have a ball. And I played, I think I played one song, the Viagra song. I don't know if you've heard it, but it's it's a, it's definitely a tongue-in-cheek song about Viagra <laughs> and its effects. And the manager comes up to me, and he's like, hey, I need to talk with you. And I'm like, crap. I've done screwed up. I, did, I, I mean, I know that song dances on the line, but the people really loved it. Sure, they did good as that. But I'm like, it's his joint. He pulls me aside and he goes, uh, we want you to come back. I'm like, awesome. So I'm like, you know, grabbing my phone because I'm like five minutes before I got to go back up on stage. And I'm like, you know, what day do you want me? He goes, every Friday. I'm like, every Friday? He goes, every Friday all summer long, we want you to play. He goes, the people are killing it. They're coming in. We're having a good time. Selling booze like crazy. You were what we need. So that lasted three weeks. And on the third week, I'm like, you know, I got a band, which I wasn't lying because I had played with each one of those individuals. We just hadn't come together as a collective band in the practice. And they're like, yeah, we'll give it a shot. How much? So I quoted them the price really low, way too low for a band. But like, I just wanted my friends to have a job too. And we came that first week and nobody had time to practice. And this is a Friday that I found out. Saturday, I make phone calls. Monday, I send out a Spotify playlist and a set list of like 40 songs and say, this is the order of the songs. I'll see you on Friday. Wow. That was not just that was not just covers. That was originals, too. So some of these songs were like poor demos given to them of just me in the bathroom <laughs> playing the best acoustics I could. Showed up Friday. Everybody shows up on time. We plug in. We do a sound check real quick to make sure everybody's loud enough or quiet enough. And then we play for three hours with no practice. And the guy comes up to me again on that second set and he goes, 
we want you. And I, and I thought, again, they pulled me aside and like, we need to talk to you. And I'm like, oh, we're drinking too much. Because that's that was my, here's my fee. It's really low. And then it's our bar tab. Whatever we drink's on you guys. <laughs> Not a problem. After the second set, I thought they might have been questioning it. Because <laughs> it was 2020. We were all drinking pros at the time. And uh, um, he comes over and he goes, and he talked to you. I'm like, all right, do we need to quit drinking? He's like, no, no, keep drinking. We, we want you guys back. I'm like, when? He goes, every Friday. So from the end of July, I think it was, all the way through to the end of September, we were in that tent at Reverie playing every Friday night. No practices. Never once practiced a single time. Sometimes we have to <laughs> rot rotate in a different guitar player depending on somebody's availability. But we always had a band there. And it was, Reverie Saved My Life was part of it. You know, the people that I play with are... I can't just play with strangers. They have to be a friend first, you know, because there's, there's a groove that goes along with it. And, you know, now this year we've got a totally new band. Um, Tyler is, Tyler was, is the original from when we started, my bass player. He, uh, he started with me in 20. And uh, this year we picked up Della, um, and she is our drummer as well as backup vocals. And then we've got Mike, who is an everyman. He can play guitar, he can play piano, he can sing, he plays... I call it cello. He calls it upright bass, but he probably put a bow to it. But he's an all-around guy. He's the guy you need. That's the, he's the mortar for everybody's brick. Everybody can be a brick, but they fall apart if they don't have that thing holding them together. And Mike's got the talent that's well-rounded that pushes us all in the same spot. So hey, to come out here tonight and do it, it's an honor. I'm, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you doing the show tonight. Go out there and kick some ass. You know what? I'll kick some ass just for you. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, man. Told you that was going to be awesome. Mikey Good backstage is not nearly as good, though, as Mikey Good on stage. So let's go to the stage at the H.J. Rick Center and check out Mikey Good and friends. morning i called into work told the boss i was sick of them being a jerk now it seems i got a little more time on my hands than before and since my baby left me it's just me and the dog and i'm feeling more and more like a bump on a log so i'm gonna head down to my local liquor store i'm gonna get me some ice give me some beer i'm gonna get myself a lawn chair and sit right here prop my feet up and listen to merle Begin to solve the problems of my world Well, I don't want to shrink Don't want to get high I just want to drink till my cooler runs dry Maybe some big idea might just sink in Cause I do my best thinking when I'm day drinking Oh, yeah Well, the rent may be due and the bills need paid But they're gonna have to wait just another day Cause I'll be working on a big old case A cold bud line Turned off the TV, don't need the mind pollution Besides, science says that alcohol is a solution And I'm gonna test that theory and prove it right I'm gonna get me some ice, give me some beer I'm gonna get myself a lawn chair and sit right here Prop my feet up and listen to Merle I'll begin to solve the problems of my world Well, I don't wanna shrink, don't wanna get high Just wanna drink till my cooler runs dry And maybe some big idea might just sink in I do my best thinking when I'm day drinking. Oh. 
I'm gonna get me some ice and give me some beer. I'm gonna get myself a lawn chair and sit right here. Prime my feet up and listen to Merle. I begin to solve the problems of my world. Well, I don't wanna drink, don't wanna get high. Just wanna drink till my cooler runs dry. Maybe some big idea might just sink in. Cause I do my best thinking when I'm day drinking. Yeah, I do my best thinking when I'm day drinking. Greenfield, how y'all doing tonight? Triggers across. Yeah, that's cool. But uh, this is a fun song. They love this song here. They absolutely love this song in Texas, and it went number one in the UK oh, about two years ago. So I'm a wee bit proud of this song, and it's called "Sit Here and Drink Beer." I'm gonna sit here and drink beer till one of us goes out of my mind. It's gonna take all night, but that's alright.
days more Cause I'm gonna sit here And drink kicked off just about everything we do. Moonshine and Music is produced by Joe Shelton, cameraman grip and stunt double, Brent Lee Smith.
Audio by Joe Shelton and Tony Seiler. Artwork by Bailey Shelton. Lighting by Heather Warnstaff. Production assistants, Patrick Zabriskie, Sarah Shelton, and Susie Sesnick. Thank you a lot for joining us on this episode of Moonshine and Music. We'll see you next week for more episodes. <laughs>